Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. This episode of the Krabby Pastor podcast is dedicated to traveling the highs and lows of the High Holy Holidays. And this is your reminder to share this podcast with anyone you think needs to hear it and needs to be encouraged. You know, we're going after always having one less crabby pastor on the planet. So that's that's kind of my goal. I should write that as a mission statement. Anyhow, one less crabby pastor is always a good thing, or at least one of us that remembers not to be crabby is a good thing. So, okay, this podcast is going to drop a little bit after Easter, and that's intentional. I wanted to give you a moment to come up for air after you've been just running, running, and busy, busy, busy. So, it's after Easter. You got through it. You survived. And, you know, maybe uh, it wasn't even your first rodeo anyway, and so this is all old hat sort of I hate to make it sound like that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, if if you've done 20 Easter Sundays, it's definitely not your first rodeo. But if you've done like five or fewer, it definitely is a learning process, right? And after some of you experienced a lengthy Holy Week, perhaps it was followed by more than the usual number of worship services, Or maybe you just had the same number of worship times, you know, you just were expecting more than the usual number of attenders. So what I am wondering is whether some of you have a little bit of postpartum depression. You know, you labored over Easter, the message, the music, the decor, you know, everything had to be just right. And then you gave birth to it. You want to make a great impression. And you, did you know there are companies that actually can come in and investigate? They send like mystery shoppers in, but they're mystery worshipers in to assess the kind of first impression that you're making. You know, they want to check out your worship service, the, the ethos, the friendliness of your people. You know, if it means when churches always say they're friendly. But, you know, they usually mean they're friendly to each other, not necessarily other people. But they want to test your friendliness and the ease of entering and navigating your facility and all kinds of things. So there are actual companies that do that because you do want to make a great impression on people that come through your doors, especially on the high holy holidays, right? What you're going for really is to make the access to the gospel easy, and that there's a clear path right to the gospel, right? And maybe you're hoping, too, that some of the departed, not to be confused with the deceased, those believers who seem to be missing in action, you know, might feel the need to reconnect, especially in this, I don't even know whether to call it, 
post-pandemic time. I don't know. Are we? Anyway, moving on so I don't get stuck there. Uh, Early on in the pandemic, I had one ministry colleague tell me what disturbed her the most was that people were going to get out of the habit of going to church. So, like, what is it? 28 days to create a new habit? 21? Well, anyway, months after closures of worship centers, well, you know, (laughs) it it was way more time than that, Um, when she said that to me, I thought, isn't it true that worship is more than a habit? I mean, I know, I know, I know. Habits are good things. And I've read enough stuff, material by James Clear, to be specific, to see how you can stack your habits to move you closer to a healthier lifestyle. And I even promote the notion that James Clear presents that increasing your habits, even by a small percentage, over time can create really big results. So I'm not saying a worship habit is not a good thing, but I'm just wondering, isn't worship more than a habit? So in one of the churches that I served, they said the Lord's Prayer. Well, they did in all of them. So at some point in the service, you are saying a pastoral prayer, and then you roll into leading everybody to say the Lord's Prayer. And what I started noticing and hearing was they're saying the Lord's Prayer like, you know what I'm saying? It just was a little too rote. And so I tried leading it in a different pace. And I said to them, this is going to be practice for following. You're going to follow me in this. And I tried leading the prayer in a different cadence. That didn't get me anywhere. So I decided for just a short period of time, we were just going to not do it. And okay, so you're probably going, ooh, (laughs) for those of you that have that part of, you know, cemented into your worship, you're probably cringing right now. But anyway, that's what I did. I want to sort of see what would happen if I did that? Well, what happened was a little old lady in the back, after a few weeks of not saying it, right in the spot where it most typically was, I heard this screech from the back go, say the Lord's Prayer. And if I heard it up front, you know everybody else heard it. And (laughs) what I did as a ministry leader is took another leader with me and we visited her and she served us tea and it was lovely. And at one point she stopped and put her hand on her hip and said, so I hear you have a problem with the Lord's prayer. And I said, well, no, no, not, not at all. It's, it's like a nuclear prayer. If you really go in and study and dissect it, it, it's huge. No, but what I have trouble with is when people holler out in worship like that. And she said, nobody could hear me. And her attendant person, because she had somebody that brought her to church, shook her head like, oh, yes, we all heard you, (laughs) you know. So, okay, so isn't worship more than a habit? Hey there, Margie Bryce here with the Krabby Pastor Podcast, always wanting to make sure that what I am serving up is what is going to be most helpful for you. 
While this is a podcast dedicated to encouraging self-care and especially self-care in leadership because, you know, you got to lead yourself first before you can lead anybody else, I also want to make sure I'm offering you the content that, that helps you. I am also always on the hunt for any kind of burnout stories that you'd like to share and I am always looking for your input on topics of great interest to you or even even just raise a snarky question at me uh, about life in ministry. That's fine too. What I have is a form on the crabbypastor.com website and what I need you to do is go to that website, go to the Krabby Pastor podcast link, and use the form there to communicate with me so that I can make this podcast be everything that you need it to be and more. Just know any information you provide me uh, is confidential. Unless you say to me, hey, I'd love to be interviewed on your podcast, or I'd love to be a part of chatting it up with you on your podcast. Other than that, uh, unless you make it clear to me that you want to be an active part of it, or you want that kind of exposure, uh, (laughs) I will consider your material a confidential. So go to KrabbyPastor.com, go to the Krabby Pastor podcast link there and fill out the form and talk to me, please, so I can make this be for you everything that you need for it to be, to be successful and to feel fulfilled in your ministry. So any habit, like brushing your teeth and flossing, you know, can easily become a mindless routine. And that's part of what has me wondering, shouldn't faith be more than mindless routine? Shouldn't it be vibrant and alive as opposed to a mindless routine? I mean, I know, like the lady I just mentioned, you know, that for some saying the words brings great comfort. So I'm not wanting to poke the bear that way, but I'm asking whether mindless routine is what we as ministry leaders are hoping for our people. Or is mindless routine okay with the hope that someday, somehow, some way, one day that mindless routine is going to spontaneously combust into flames? I don't know. I'm just asking these questions because I think they're, they're good questions to ask. So now we are post-pandemic, or so we think, sort of, maybe, hopefully, And this was our first Easter back in the saddle, so to speak. So yeah, we want to make a great impression and help people easily connect to the gospel. And probably the number of attenders was higher than it's been in a while, I'm guessing. And probably that was exhilarating in light of what we've experienced over the last two years. But here's what I want to say to all of us. And I'm sure some of you already know this, but it ain't about the nickels and noses, even though you are made to count those every single week. And in some cases, you are made to report those nickels and noses numbers. And I seriously need to mention to you here that you are not responsible for the nickels and noses. That goes for when the number of nickels and noses are low, or even when they go high. 
So as a ministry leader, it is easy to feel some sense of responsibility for the number of nickels and noses when the numbers shoot up and stay up. Even if it's just for one Sunday, like Easter, you know, we had great music. The message was prayerfully crafted over weeks. Our hospitality team is top-notch, but not overbearing, like they're going after fresh meat. And for those in the larger venues, those who in the past have successfully, you know, done church, to the point where everyone clamors to replicate what they have done, and here's my tacky comment to that, stop following their formulas and get back to following Jesus where you are at and with the people God has given you because what works for them probably isn't going to work for you and work out the same way for you. So, ministry leaders can easily get trapped into yearning for more, more people, more nickels, more noses, and that can be lust. More and more and more is lust. Or is it lust when you want more people to know Jesus? I'm just stirring our gray matter here, stirring our brains. Or are we secretly yearning for our churches to be like those really big churches? Is that really the only place where God attends or where God works? As some say today, uh, we need to check our hearts, check our hearts. What happens, though, when the number of nickels and noses are low or maybe like lower than Easter Sunday, which is probably where we're at now? And that brings me back to the postpartum depression that plagues many pastors and ministry leaders after Easter and, and even after Christmas you know, when I'm calling it postpartum depression because, you know, you carried that special date through weeks and weeks of planning and finally you birthed it. And now what? Maybe the results are not what you expected. And I'm guessing for some who may have been through many Easter's as a ministry leader, I'm betting in some cases the drop in numbers and noses, nickels, whatever, still stings a bit. Even though you know it's coming, you know the high holy holidays, bring them all in, and after that, whoosh, it still can sting a bit. We then try to figure out what the issue is so we can address it. You know, is it the pandemic? The response to the pandemic, they got out of the habit of coming. They don't see the need of coming even after two years off. And there are still some people struggling with the health implications of all of it, and we're just going to leave that here. But gee, I bet you a couple of ministry leaders out there are thinking, oh my gosh, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my breath. You know, I, I'm saying this, and I never, ever have to make anything up because life is weird enough. But I actually had a ministry preparation course instructor talk about bad breath of pastors for like 30 minutes of class time. No joke. I timed it. After I could see it was going to go on for more than three minutes, I started timing. And it was about 30 minutes of, and I'm thinking, really? Is, really? <laughs> anyway, here's what I want to say to you, my friends in ministry. I mean... Maybe I could say it ain't about the nickels and noses, but, you know, way, way, way more than that, 
I want to tell you that God is responsible for the outcomes. And maybe you probably already know that, but maybe you need to be reminded. Church is a lot about reminders, isn't it? God is responsible for the outcome, not you. You know, sure, sure, we're faithful and obedient to offer God our best, and we always want to do that. But at the end of the day, God is responsible for the outcome. We work hard to set a buffet table with really good stuff. But as the song goes, sometimes people want to sit in the corner with their Snickers bar instead of partaking of what's really good, and in this case, good for their very souls. Truly, 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 it ain't the 70s, 80s, or 90s no more where this magical bus drops folks off at the door in mass at the church. You know, it was the thing to do then, right? Today, church attendance needs to be seen as a divine encounter or a divine appointment. Seriously, when God sends somebody to your door, it it is a big deal today, and we need to have that perspective. I used to tell my congregants this, oh, so you think you got your own self up to get here, right? You know, because you're a good person, right? Well, the fact of the matter is that God allowed you to breathe another day and wake up another day, and God knocked on your heart about gathering in community with brothers and sisters in Christ, and you responded yes. And that really is how the transaction goes. And that is my friendly reminder to you, my ministry colleagues. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, Make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor.